Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brick Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is, Nick. And sometimes we talk about ourselves, okay? I admit it. <laughs> all right, you've been hoodwinked. <laughs> the podcast about our lives. Ashley uh, wants to uh, open up uh, with a little bit of a statement about her life. I think it might be an antidote. Oh, an antidote? An, 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 an anecdote? An anecdote. Is it the antidote to uh, a depressing time? No, it's an anecdote that will be our antidote to the entrance of this podcast. Okay, cool. So today I hosted a teenage stand-up show. So that's teenagers telling stand-up comedy in New York City. Wow. Nick, you've hosted these shows before. I have. This one, um, open to the public, so lots of people there. And what we do um, on these shows occasionally is we get kids who are in the audience, because you got birthday parties, you got groups of friends coming. You Guys, it's an all-ages stand-up show, okay? It's mm -hmm. the only place that you can see stand-up if you're under the age of like 16 or something in New York City. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty awesome. It's very cool. And uh, can you tell by the way we're <laughs> describing it? It's uh, a very cool. It's kind of the coolest. Um, so we have this portion of the show where kids can come up in the audience and tell jokes. It's like a 10-minute thing. And kids just usually come up and tell knock-knock jokes. You know, we got your 10-year-olds, your 9-year-olds, your 7-year-olds talking about their grandma. Well, today we had two very special situations I wanted to tell you about, Nick, which is one kid came up there and told this long story that basically ends with him bringing bullets to the White House. And I did not know how to recover. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? He toured the White House and he, he goes, okay, this kid was eight, you guys. He tours the White He's like, uh, a, while, a long time ago, I went to the White House. Don't worry. Obama was president. And and like got a nice. huge laugh. Big pop. And then he was talking about being, um, they had gone to the a gift shop earlier and they mm. had bought Toy, they had bought toys, and he he had bought what he thought was a rocket ship because his parents had like given him money to buy a rocket oh, ship. Oh no, what was it? <laughs> it was a bullet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and about okay. how he was in the White House with this bullet, and um, you know, it wasn't really a joke. It was more of just a, um, a, an entertaining situation. But when he said, "I brought bullets to the White House," you could hear everyone's asshole tighten up. Yeah, <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, all the parents' shoulders came to their ears. And then another fun thing that happened during the joke portion is like a seven-year-old came on and he was like, I have a joke to tell. And I was like, great. And he just took the microphone. So I'm on stage with these kids. I'm kind of standing behind them. I introduce them. I'm like, how old are you? What's your name? So I do that with them. And he, and he takes the microphone and he just turns his back to the audience and looks at me and just tells the joke oh, to me. Oh, so adorable. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you know how grandma are, uh, are, you know how grandmas are like during the Super Bowl? They're always like, what are you doing? That was a stupid move. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, like, I'm on stage like so nodding. Yeah. And he's like, my grandmother, she's coming over to watch the Super Bowl. I know what she's going to say. She's just going to be like, oh, that looked like it really hurt. And I was like. You, you know what's interesting is like these kids, you know, when, you, when they're asked to just come out of the audience and just tell us a joke. I mean, it really 
is sort of a chance for them to just tell like a knock knock joke. Yes. But um, you know, being in the position that you were of an MC of one of these shows, what often happens is what you're describing is a kid kind of goes into his like three minute chunk on Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. And he said, you know how grandmas are like during the Super Bowl. You know what grandmas are like during the Super Bowl. You know, grandmas at the Super Bowl. You guys know grandmas <laughs> at the Super Bowl, am I right? It is so funny when like I, an eight year old kid like picks up like a Bill Burrism or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the world that we live in where everybody's inundated with stand-up specials at all moments of the day if right. you have any sort of cable or netflix or anything like that um they're learning that that is what a so joke is like a long story with beats and turns and like you know when you're in home you, you know when you're in the uh your home period and it's time to go to second period and you know when you're like walking down the hall it's like all it, they're doing joke structure yeah but it's not when, relatable to when i'm in that situation and then somebody comes up with like a long chunk that they're they've kind of worked out a class or something yeah i always make the uh i my, my follow-up line is i go give it up for this kid everybody god have you ever heard of knock knock and then the <laughs> old people in the audience really laugh because oh. they're like oh yeah that's right what happened to kids telling what happened the old knock knock popsicle jokes yeah. you know what i mean so yeah it is it is really really funny when kids go up there and and really and and i've had to um add something to my little preface of inviting the children up to do Nick hosts these shows as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that. You did. That. Oh, and okay. and uh, I've had to say, keep it clean because mm. I've been burned before mm. when um, I gave the kid, I go, what's your name? He said, uh, you know, a Mark. I go, how old are you? He's like nine. Okay. Okay. Everybody give it up for Mark. Going to tell a joke. He's nine years old. And then I step away from the mic and he grabs it out of the stand and says, um what does the what does the pope do in the bathroom and before i could figure it out he said holy shit and ran off stage (laughs) and (laughs) i i should have been as soon as i heard what does the pope i should have run up on stage and grabbed that microphone so he cussed in in front of a whole bunch of grandmas and little baby brothers and sisters and uh i'll tell you what (laughs) Uh, even though it was a shocking moment at the time, it was like a little piece of cake, a little piece of candy for a seasoned professional like myself. Yeah. Because I can milk reactions to what just happened for a good two to three minutes. Right. You got riffs off that. Well, just everybody's in the room. It happened. We all know it was crazy. Yeah. And being able to use that energy to your advantage. Um, you know, it was, uh, one of my, one of my fonder memories of having to host one of those shows. So, yeah. Um, it is a lot of, uh, could be a lot of fun. It's always scary before you go and host one of these shows because you really feel like a fraud. That's how I feel anyway, before I go up there, because you're, um, you know, as an adult performer, you still have to use the same sort of, um, guidelines as these children who do stand up and it's a kids show so it has to be kid friendly material and boy oh boy does that poke holes in most of my act yeah i I mean i have to really go back and i start looking at my notes on the way to the show and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna say to these little shits i I know and you're like have i never written a clean joke Yeah, exactly have i just never once written a clean joke right and so you have to sort of lean on other things and the worst is when like you get heckled or something by like like, a family member I've, i've been heckled by uh people in these shows and Normally, what I want to do is spend my entire time on stage uh, talking to the person who uh, the real wiseacre in the audience. Yeah, and that's when Nick. That's when you shine. Not necessarily. You go into the. I person. don't think I'm great at that, but I do think I do. I do get affected by people talking during my stuff and yeah. wanting to interject, and I do want to either make them look foolish or get something big out of it. 
But that would be the detriment to the detriment of this style of a show. Right. You don't want to embarrass yeah. someone. Somebody's, somebody's aunt, yeah. you know, said something that I misheard and immediately I'm like, oh, who's the f- fucking bitch in the front <laughs> row? Dump a Coke on her head. <laughs> That's not exactly how I do it. I never call anybody a bitch. But um, one time, though, you got heckled by a woman tripping and her wig popping off. Yes. Well, I did. I believe I've told that story on here. But okay. yes, the funniest thing I've ever seen is a grandma getting up to go to the bathroom. And she fell down and her wig popped off her head it projected off of her head <laughs> like spring action <laughs> like i mean it was and all of the children that were doing stand-up were standing right next to me right in front of where this woman fell her family rushed over and helped and i just me and a bunch of 12 year olds couldn't help but ho- look like we wanted to burst out and laugh i mean it was really the most bonding moment i've had with some of the uh children that i've uh, tutored and and teached Taught. Teach. Teach. I teach them. <laughs> now, listen, no one wants a grandma to fall, but if her no. wig pops yes. off, I mean, that's undeniably funny. Yes. Listen, if you're a grandma, do us a favor as the onlookers. If you're going to fall, have your wig pop off, maybe fart audibly. Those are the things that yeah. we are looking for to lighten the mood, you know. It's true. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a lot of fun, and, and you got through it, Ash, and, yeah. and you had a good time at the show. I did. I had a really good, good time. That's Everyone good. was so funny yes kids are funny they it's are and like on this particular show it's i mean they're like 15 and 16 they're like a little older than um mm-hmm. what i'm usually around the teens the teens yeah and they're just so polished and so bright so i mean good for them yes. get p- putting us out of jobs the best um you know ashley and i watched a shit ton of reality tv today so, so for the rest of much. this program i think we're gonna be talking some tv yeah let's just do i'd like to do Two highlights first. I'd like to do sure. X on the Beach and Lindsay Lohan yes. highlights. Sure. We are caught up on X on the Beach, but Lindsay Lohan, we're back one episode. And by the time this is out, the day that this is out, I believe the second episode that we haven't watched will be out. So we've watched episodes one and two. We watched the second one last night. How'd you feel about that? Well, I'll say this about Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. I am only interested in Kayla coming on this week. I know. Week. I know. I was begging you to watch this show mm-hmm. last night, and you were like, uh, I'll skip these two episodes and, and show up when Kayla shows up. And I was yeah. like, but you're not going to. No. That's what I want to do. I'm not interested in this people, these people. I'm not interested in this cast. I don't want to watch people get to know each other. What about Panos or whatever his name? Panos. Panos. He is a star. Uh, I do like him a lot. I I like him a lot. He's shined in the second episode. Lindsay creeps me out big time. You don't like Lindsay. I love Lindsay. She creeps me out. See, I think this is my love of um, the housewife culture. And she, um, to me, would be a very interesting uh, real housewife to watch. I I think that she's endlessly strange, um, warm and cold at the exact same time. Mm. Uh, And... um, her voice sounds like it's um, been beaten, you know, with a shovel. Like it's uh, just totally shot, which yeah. adds to the demeanor, in my opinion. Um, and I'm interested in how much of a vanity project this is on all levels. Yet she is acting as if she had, like, she's commissioned to be here. Like, yeah. this has to happen. I have to get Lohan Beach Club up, and I have to impress all of these people using my name. And I am the boss, so they have to pay attention to me. And it's like, why? Who cares? Like, yeah. You're Lindsay Lohan. It, this doesn't matter at all. Like, uh, why do you need to bring these Americans in to make sure that it's like, 
listen, we have a lot of high profile people that come here, a lot of wealthy people we want to make happy. So I have to have people from the United States here. It's like the whole premise to me doesn't really make sense. The whole premise doesn't make sense. It is it is built on a faulty plan, which is us watching these people get to know each other. Nothing is more boring than watching people get to know each other. I don't want to do it in life. I don't want to get to know anyone and I don't want to watch anybody get to know anyone. I want to see relationships that are already established, patterns of behavior that are known and exploitable. I don't like this pussyfooting around that's happening on the show. I also don't like that every time we see Lindsay and Panos, sorry if that's not his name, that they are like being like, well, this person's causing drama, so they have to go. And it's like, what are you talking about? You are desperate for storylines here. Like, thank God this person's causing drama. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God Brent is such an asshole because otherwise you guys would not have a show. Yeah. And and I don't think you have a show, honestly. Mm. I mean, I just I like I said, I'm strapped in until Kayla gets there. Um, it is really a testament to her that I've continued to watch this show because I find it boring. I zone out immediately. I don't know these people. I don't care about them. And Lindsay makes me sad. People were comparing it to Vanderpump Rules. At least Vanderpump Rules, you were plopped into a universe that was already existing. Exactly. It, it is true. I, I, before we move on, I do want to say that Ashley and I were talking last night, and I came to this conclusion, which Ashley said that she had previously come to, which was this show would be much better if it was treated as on a client-to-client -client basis. So what they do is they have these these ambassadors that work for Lindsay, who the show the Americans sort of, who the show sort of rotates around. They are uh, VIP ambassadors at Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, and so every episode they have a VIP client who comes, and then we get to watch the ambassadors work with them. And it's the idea is to build storylines. Like the first episode, the VIP uh, person. The, the VIP person wanted to make out with her ambassador and they made out this episode. The VIP person wanted his feet washed. And so an ambassador washed his feet and people were like, I can't believe you washed his feet. OK, so Nick is sitting on the couch. He turns to me and he's like, they should be enlisting like, you know, B stars, C stars, even D list celebrities to come on the show and have a spotlight on them. Cause a little bit of a scene. It would spice everything up. And I was like, yes, I had also thought that. But the reason I think that's that that is not happening is I think that this show is being made on a shoestring budget. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. don't think they can afford so, like to even fly in a D-list celebrity. But it would be nice if like all of a sudden, uh, you know, um, Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Shows up or, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it would be nice. To, they have to figure out how to each person comes with their own set of quirks, which they're doing already with these high rollers and the cabanas, but at least they'd have personalities. They'd be mic'd up. It would make sense. Sense. And it would be people that are somewhat established in the cultural consciousness. Right now, it's just these strangers. Yeah. Everyone here is a yeah. is a nobody stranger. And oddballs. And they none of them know each other. Mm. This show is not being produced correctly. Why didn't you fly out these ambassadors and have them live in that little beach hut for like a month and then start filming the show? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know why they, we had to see them jump out of the vans and, and load into the uh, the real world house, if you will. Yeah, but, uh, not a fan. Not a fan of Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. Next on the docket is X on the Beach loving this season. Mm, why? I think last uh, episode was one of the best reality television episodes I've right. seen all yeah. year. It was very good. It had fights. It had drama. Multiple it, fights. Uh, it was, there was a lot going on in this episode. Kept, kept you on your toes. So much 
happening. Um, I mean, it really cements my ongoing love for Narice and Didi, who I have loved since their Are You the One season, um, and I've loved since, you know, binging them on Staying Relevant. These two are growing. See, this is what I mean. This is what Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club is lacking. We know you and I, Nick and Nick and Ashley, as viewers, we know that Narice and Didi were enemies. They were fighting over Malcolm. Then we know they became friends. Then we know that Nelson was introduced as a possible will they, won't they with Nelson. And they we've watched these two and their friendship evolve. And it's like so watchable right it's so interesting i i want to see them in the house and i will go and i'll say this right now these two narice and Didi, are carrying x on the beach they are carrying the season they are the only two cast members on the show that have created multiple storylines for other people these two are knocking it out of the park yeah no I, but i would also um say uh uh cheyenne and murray um, seem to at least be pulling their weight as far as like what this show is supposed to be about. Because as far as right now, um, getting back with your ex and it, you know, can I rekindle the relationship? Really, the Malcolm one, he's kind of given up on rekindling all his relationships with previous people and is now going for Maya. Maya. Mm-hmm. And um, at least you have the Cheyenne Murray. Then you had that guy, Corey, who was there. And Corey Z. Corey Z, who is now gone. You know, at least I can feel through Cheyenne's storyline as he's like really trying to maintain this relationship with an ex. And it's like, that's what this show is about. Yeah. You had Morgan and Chase. And um, the other Jay. guy, Jay, mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun for there, There's some stuff going on. Here. I thought Chase's name was Corey. I'm going to fight you, Corey Brooks. Where's Corey? Chase. Brooks? I think it's Chase. Chase Brooks. Brooks? Yes, I know that because we'll be talking about him in a minute. Because oh. um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. He's on another show near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, I agree with I, I think Cheyenne and Murray are great. I think Cheyenne is lovable and Murray's like made for reality television. I think it's the opposite. Wow. No, I think Murray is like, I can see why all these guys are going for Murray yeah. and why he's has this spell on all these men. Yeah. And I think Cheyenne is literally was born on a reality TV set. Like he, I, the way that he sort of, the, the mode he snaps into yeah. when he smells a little bit of drama happening and kind of plants himself in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was the sp- he was the the spark that uh, for Jay and Morgan when Morgan and um, Chase kissed on the beach. He was the one kind of talking to Jay oh, and right. getting him to you know. And he was like, when in that line that you referenced, I'm going to get you Chase Brooks or whatever. And not to mention, you bring up a really good point. So I, I'm actually going to change my mind because I agree with you. He also was the first to start anything in the house because he told Farah to like stop being such a b. Yup, he immediately saw his opening <laughs> yeah. was. Like, this is the most high-profile person in the house. I'm going to go for her jugular. And then now is, like, best friends with her. Like, he's played his card completely well. He's got the chops to fight. He's also established himself in a romantic storyline, and he looks like he's serious about it. Yeah. Um, He's just kind of spunky and fun on TV, and he kind of makes me want to go and kind of see the reality show in which it seems like it's an argue the one show for the, for gay men. Fire Island. Fire Island. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I kind of want to get involved in that because yeah. if there's more, if he, there's if more he's Cheyenne the breakout characters. star, I want to see what he, his storylines were about. Um, I'm uh, and I'm very excited. We cannot end talking about X on the beach 
without talking about Joe Zazak's who That's showed exactly up. what I was about to say. I What's mean, his that name, Vinny? was the Rob. Rob, I think. Something that like that. That was the cherry on top of that episode. Yeah. That is why this week's episode was so good. I mean, it was just satisfying on so many different on so many different levels. Um, and I think really the cherry on top of the Sunday was meeting Jose's ex. I hope it's Rob. Rob's a great name for this guy. This guy has the most <laughs> flowing, like heroic hair. I've He's seen. Adonis. He's and, like a yeah. Italian Greek statue yeah, I mean, or he, something. He's walking around in his speedos He's and his, his hairy chest. And immediately we get to actually see what Jose is like romantically like, which um, you made a comment. You said that I bet Jose is pretty controlling in a relationship. I bet. Yeah. After watching the two of them, I think that Jose is controlling. I mean, he's claiming. So Rob, we'll call him Rob, Jose's ex. Rob is claiming that they were Jose and him were on a break, but like kind of new. We're still talking to one another. Jose had sex with Rob's ex to prove to Rob that he would have sex with him. Yeah, or that he would have sex with, with anyone. With anyone. Yeah. And like to show him like this he is will a, hurt you. He's not a good guy because yeah. he meanwhile doing the exact same thing. Yeah, it's so flawed. And, the, and and honestly does not come around in this episode really to understand where Rob is coming from. Rob's like, okay, like I'm here to like see what's happening with you. Like clearly we have something. Just coming here to say that we've never talked about this. That happened ten years ago. Just let's admit this is fucked up and something someone shouldn't do in a loving relationship. And Jose is like, I'm going to have to think about this like real hard. Because Not I'm, even I'm going to have to think about it. Jose is yeah. like, no, I did that for you. You know, later, though, you can see calm down a little bit. And the closest he got is to being like, eh, there's things that we'll think about. Maybe maybe I'll be able to include some of these thoughts going further in a relationship with I this man. I could not believe it. It was interesting because but- Jose was so excited to have an ex show up. You can tell he wanted to rekindle something with someone and was excited by the whole process because I can imagine you are excited by the mystery of it. And it seems like, excuse me for uh, snarfing into the microphone. Wow. I'm running out of breath because I'm excited about this storyline. Yeah. Um, It seems to me that they had something serious and that this was the guy that Jose was like looking forward to because he burst out in tears. Yeah. He shed a tear. Let's say he didn't like burst out in tears, but he he cried when his ex showed up on the beach. So I was like, oh, this is going to be serious and something interesting. And the way that it's played out, this guy is just unbelievable, first of all. He just looks the be- he Couldn't have picked a better ex for Jose. Yeah, and I also just want to say this is like reality television being done right because it really feels like this move on this show is giving is, is unwrapping another layer of Jose. And I, I find him to be a very compelling reality figure because we see so many different sides of him from like Champs vs. Stars to Final Reckoning to now X on the Beach. Each in each franchise, he, he he's the same person, but we know him more, and he's becoming this like robust character who I really hope stays a part of the MTV franchise, which I think is going to bring us up into our next segment. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, we'll roll into. I want to talk about some of the newbies, or really what's going on with the next season of the challenge, which actually premieres February sixth, wow. which is in a couple of Wednesdays from now, That's folks. So soon. First off, they're switching days. It was on Tuesdays. It's, they're going to Wednesday. Wednesdays. It was, and it used to be on Wednesdays, so they're back to Wednesdays, huh. which is interesting. But now, um, and I said it flows flawlessly into this because you dropped. So, by the way, if you don't want to know who's on this season of the challenge, I guess skip ahead, pause it, 
I don't know, skip ahead five minutes because we're going to do um, the cast. And it's also Googleable, so this is not like a huge Well, they spoiler. broke it. Our MTV broke it on their website. This is where I originally saw it because I don't seek out spoilers. And, I, and I'm on their wiki right now. It does seem like there is a part of the wiki that will show teams. And I'm not even going to look at that because I'm not interested in having that spoiled for me. Well, the thing that made me sad was, and the reason why I said this flows flawlessly into our next segment, is you told me that Jose is not. Jose's not on here. Not on here. It's interesting. Why? The, uh, Davon is on here, but Jose's not on here. I don't know how I feel about that pick. I really don't. But, you know, they got to kind of... Would you, you know, rather have Jose than Davon? Yeah, I, I, per, I personally would. If you had to team. have both. If you had to have both, I personally would. God, Davon's so good da- in her Davon, interviews. Davon's though. good in interviews. I just don't think that she is like... Um, as compelling a character as as Jose. Mm. Jose just is, uh, I like him, and I think he's fun to watch, and that's all I'm looking for on these shows. Davon, she was great in the first season, but I've ar- I had already established a feeling about Jose. He was on a previous show I was watching on this show and is now on a show I'm currently watching. I'm sort of in like a Jose mood, um, and I was disappointed not to see that he was on here. And maybe it's an X on the Beach thing. I don't know. Um... So just a few people I want to mention that we could really talk about for just a second and uh, see how we feel. Um, First of all, Nani and Wes are back. Hell Um, yeah. uh, This season seems to have like um, challenge champions and then also a mix of like people from other international reality shows. Uh, It's kind of interesting. So we have um, uh, Nani and Wes back. Are you excited to see these two perform? 100%. Wes more than Nani, but... You ever seen um, Wes in a challenge live? Yeah. But I know in like he's been on the... uh, Chance vs. Stars. Right. But I'm talking about like on a regular show challenge. I don't know if... Because you picked up... The Island. Okay, but I'm saying like while we're I mean, not The Island. Excuse me. Ruins. I understand that, but we went back and watched that. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying like, in since you've picked up on these challenges, since Bloodlines, you've been here, right? Yeah. Has he been on a, sh- a main show since Bloodlines? No. This is interesting. See, this is exciting. He's yes. coming into the real universe, the main universe. Yes. Um, Nani, what about her? Have you ever seen her in a challenge yes. house uh, since Bloodlines? Has she been on the show? She was on, on Bloodlines, and that yeah. was her last one with Nicole. Yeah, right. So um, I mean, I'm um, excited. She to have might these have two back. been on Rivals Three, which was after Bloodlines. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but I'm I'm very excited. Wes, she I be- was. I feel very confident. Wes about is. That. Um, I I don't know if number one, but he's definitely top three of all time for me. I know that some people may may that make make you hate me. But I'm a Wes fan. I like Wes. I've always liked Wes. The the stuff where he was a central storyline is my favorite seasons of the challenge. So I'm very excited that. And Nani is always fun to have Nani around. Yeah. I like having Nani around because Johnny changes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. They're both on here. Um, What do you think about... um, We'll dip into some of the uh, people that that are new to the challenge uh, universe. What do you feel about uh, Gus from Floribama Shore? So I am um, only on the floor. Bama is only on my radar in an extremely tangential way. It involves me walking into the room when Nick is watching it. And so far, I don't like Gus. But that's just because I've absorbed maybe 10% of the show in, in terms of just casually viewing um, I find him to be kind of a big crybaby who's always feeling sorry for himself. That is just what I have seen. 
What do you think of my assessment? He is a crybaby to the fullest. That's all he's been doing this season is crying. Um, uh, I just watched um, the second to last episode that aired of Floribama. You caught the end of it, and it's just him crying about his parents um, to Kodai's parents, crying to his dad on the phone. He's so sad. He's such a sad boy. But he's a he's physically fit. Um, I would say he's not ferocious. I wouldn't expect his political game to be on point. Um, if uh, who knows how much that is going to have to do with this set of rules, but if it's a lot of politicking, I don't think Gus is going to be fair very well. Um, physically, he looks like he can compete, but who knows? There's been big guys, buff guys before, and and that hasn't worked out exactly that way. So we'll have to see. I'm excited to see some of the Florida people branch out a little bit. So. Um, then we got um, uh, one of the the only other guy I want to talk about is Stephen Bear from X on the Beach UK three I guess was his first show. Th- this person is of note because Ashley and I watched like half of a season of X on the Beach like season five and this man was on this show and he provided some of the OMG moments that I had while watching those episodes uh, namely because of how he was speaking about sex um, I believe he had something he talked about trying to get all the women in the house to blow him like there was <laughs> some real raunchy like crazy shit came out of this like his whole storyline was I'll fuck her like that's the whole storyline <laughs> and then they didn't like him because he's kind of a bozo and then he moves on to the next woman and then eventually oh, somebody falls for it and then I he has remember sex with him now. like he's, he's kind of like the dummy who everybody shits on but like yeah. his way is like don't worry before the end of the show I'm gonna fuck her like and he yeah. says that about everybody on the show yeah it's pretty wild and so when I saw his name pop up here I thought it, this guy is obnoxious he seems to be to me he's he's a Johnny Bananas like uh, archetype mm-hmm. but UK Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what this guy does on the show. I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. Um, some of the ladies um, that uh, are are on the show, um, and I guess we can, before we get there, we'll talk about, because I mentioned it before, Chase from uh, The Bachelor, I believe, or and The Bachelorette. The I don't know, and he's on X on the Beach now. I guess he was on uh, The Bachelorette. He was one of The Bachelors. Um, he is on the show along with his ex, Morgan. Mm. Did you expect to see those two members of X on the Beach show up here, a wash up on the shore of the challenge? I, I did not expect it, but I'm not surprised. Why? Because the challenge loves their token blonde mm. and doesn't seem like Tori's coming back anytime soon. I, is and she Jenna's, not on the show? Jenna's only gone home, you know, in the first episode the past couple of seasons. So they like to have like a, a kind of a, a likable blonde on there. I'm not surprised by Morgan. Why isn't Tori on this show? Tori's like doing her own thing. Really? Yeah, she started wow. a company. She moved in huh. with Jordan. She's trying to release an album. I think she might be done. Wow. There's a person from Party Down South on this show. Oh, wow. Which is the OG Floribama Shore. Yeah. They did that on CMT already. It was called Party Down South, and it was just Flor- It was just Jersey Shore, but it was a southern Jersey Shore. And I don't remember the cast member. I remember one, the, one or two of the guys on the show because they were real messes. Mm. Um, and it's uh, one of the women, uh, Maddie, Maddie Lynn Bro. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting that they're, they're bringing people from, you know, 
uh, Big Brother, Party Down South, American Ninja Warrior. Mm. There's a woman whose nickname, her name is Natalie Duran. Her nickname is Ninja. Yeah. How is Ninja from American Ninja Warrior going to be stopped in the challenge? Uh, mentally. Uh, mentally maybe, is the maybe, only answer. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I would love to get into today's topic. We are going to, guys. We're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, Ashley and I did something very special. We watched the first two episodes of the first season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Woo! We're going to talk about them right on the other side of this break. We are back. That's right. Nick and I finally did something we have been talking about for months, years, decades even. Not true. We watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And first off, we want to just get this out of the way. We want to let you know... We loved it. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the first two episodes of the first season. And I know there's probably a slew of you out there that are completely caught up with every single episode of this show. And I apologize that we are so far behind, but allow us to indulge and you can indulge us while we kind of uh, go through the first episode um, yeah. and uh, kind of talk about some of the shenanigans. So it opens up. The first thing we notice is that the aspect ratio is trash <laughs> it's always great when you throw on a show and you realize wow like tvs weren't even this big back then 2008 was not that long All ago those, those big black bars on the side of each of the on the side of the screen was uh you know it's a shock when you see that but um i was honestly was ready for that because i have gone back and rewatched a few of the other franchises and uh it uh, it is always shocking, and it's interesting as you as we crush these episodes, you'll see all of a sudden it widens. You're like, oh, oh. technology between seasons four and five got advanced. And then fashion too is so dated, mm, so mm. much ruching, so many animal prints, so What's many things. Ruching? It's when there's like a lot of little pleats, like right here. Mm. It's like like, and that's this. not in anymore. No, not not the way that it's being done in 2008. I mean, and then so many things are bedazzled um, right off uh, right in the beginning we are we are told that this show is all about new money gossip and image that's what atlanta is about new money gossip and image and then the first episode is really sort of these um introductory scenes getting us introducing us to our five housewives so i'm just going to go through and we can talk about them but it is strange that the cast is so small um yeah what is there about six women five wives five five wives yeah Yeah. it's small yeah it's small yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's a smart move Mm -hmm. um especially uh, because it's the first season like you know you want to establish each one of these characters um as um full as possible and if you have too many people in there it it gets to be a little bit too much so i'm uh yeah i'm happy with the size first character we meet is oh excuse me first wife we meet is Deshawn. she um her whole storyline seems to be that she is a the a mom she's a family person she's a mom she's married to an nba player she's got a spa in the house and then she has the iconic line or iconic i guess because they've mentioned it twice since we've started this journey which is ever since i was little i knew i was destined to be great nick what do you think of Deshaun? initially i was like okay so this is the rich one this mm-hmm. one that's super rich and flaunting her money a lot mm-hmm. as this goes on i realize oh that's a characteristic that each and every one of these women have uh, it is interesting because so far, all of Deshaun's storylines have been interviewing people to work in her house. To manage her home. Yeah. And my question 
is what? What is going on that she needs? All, like, it's not even like a nanny. She's got the nanny. She's got the cook. Mm-hmm. It's about managing the estate. It's mm-hmm. about answering phone calls, being a personal assistant who also sets up the meal plan mm-hmm. and uh, plans events mm-hmm. and takes calls and answers the door and takes requests from guests. Yes. And it's a, as if she's running this like Fortune 500 company that really is her um, uh, basketball player husband who Mm -hmm. literally doesn't care and doesn't want any part of this and her kids who just seem like pretty normal kids who are just going around doing kid shit yeah like what's going what does she need this person for i'm not sure what she needs this person for but i will say and i I don't want to start off negatively but she's the least interesting yeah yeah i I would agree because honestly we watched two episodes and it does not change in the second episode it's still just interviews it's still just her interviewing potential staff i'm also not captivated by the um i'm the head of the household i'm a mom character that's not uh, that's not a character if that is what you you've decided to latch on as your is your identity i don't find that compelling next up is nini right away off the bat we know that she is fun. I mean, yeah. Nini's fun. She's funny. She's so fun. We, I think, we get a, a like within thirty seconds of meeting her, we get a shot of her in the bar, just like throwing her head back and laughing. She's joyful. She's fun. She's watchable. Um, there's a great scene where we, I, I don't, I think they were like ordering. They're eating. Uh, her and her husband Greg are out, and she's like trying to order something, and he's like, no, no potatoes, and she's like, fine. Let me do a lobster tail and a crab cake. Yeah, great. We laughed our ass off just on her delivery alone. Great delivery. I mean, she's um, she's got it. And honestly, what that is, is she's clearly starved for attention, always the life of the party. And whoever was casting the show was like, oh, Nini's going to be our fun. Like, yeah. bring Nini. She's going to be the fun. And she also is coming across very genuine yes i think a lot of times when you are on a reality show and your character is the fun one it can feel forced it does not feel that way at all with nini next up is kim she is the third wife um she's right away her character is she likes to spend money yeah so now i'm like oh wait a minute no Kim's the spender. Yeah. Like this one is spending. She's, we open up on, you know, so if we get the first scene, Nini socializing, laughing, we open up on Kim shopping and turning to um, one of the employees in the store and going, where's your true religion? Um, (laughs) Yeah, great line. (laughs) Looking for jeans. I I think this is about the time when I looked over at Nick and I said, this is so refreshing to watch a show where people sound like me. Yeah. And I didn't put that together. I didn't feel like any of these women sound like you at all. It's just, they have, it's just, nice to hear so many southern accents mm, even yeah. though kim doesn't necessarily have one but like on the show yeah, everyone Kim's, Kim's has like a little bit Cleveland of a, or something she, yeah i think or maybe connecticut but everyone on the show has like a little bit of a a, right. a twang yep 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 and it's just nice to hear um and it's southeast it's right it's mm-hmm. it's, it's right in the pocket for yeah. Brooke roberts uh we learned that her and we learned that kim and nini are good friends partners in crime a lot of fun together mm-hmm. they, they, they have a fun uh dynamic duo 
uh, vibe. Uh, very 100%. much enjoying it. These two should have a spinoff show. In fact, I would say so far these two are carrying the f- two episodes we've seen. And I would say so far that these two are the actual breakouts. From what I can tell, the breakouts of this series. Same. Kim did say something very cringy. She said, I'm a black woman trapped in a white woman's body. Yeah, you never really want to say that. <laughs> Even if you're feeling it, just don't say just it. Just don't say it. Um, we learn that she has like a, a, a super celebrity like boyfriend who wants to remain anonymous and we do watch her go by this is her opening scene of this franchise show she she is going when we're getting to know kim within the first five minutes of getting to know kim she goes i want to buy a cadillac escalade today boom and then she goes and buys a cadillac escalade yep and then like spends like 700 grand on it kind of looks at the camera and goes listen i don't know if i got a a deal but you know what i do know i walked in and walked out in five minutes and i'm driving in a new cadillac did you say 700 grand it was 70 grand oh okay. yeah um but she does she (laughs) She may have not gotten a good deal <laughs> she 70 grand 70 not 700 grand. i know that's how i was saying that wouldn't oh. be a very good deal yeah that would be crazy and it also goes to show how much i know about <laughs> money or cars <laughs> almost a million dollars <laughs> yeah. for a cadillac yeah, yeah that makes sense she um she calls big papa who's her mystery boyfriend and he buys the and he she goes uh it's this amount of money it's this car and then he goes uh yeah, do what you gotta do yeah get it done we she also says her girls are her she has two daughters she says her girls are her best friends which she also references again in the second episode you find that to be a red flag don't you that makes me uncomfortable why i don't know it just seems like you should be a parent and not a friend these are my friends y'all it's weird to me um next up <laughs> is lisa who is a business woman that is her character. Yes. We immediately see her in a meeting, okay? She, yeah, she's business. Mm-hmm. All business and actually some fitness as yeah. well. Yeah. We see her running on a treadmill. They have um she she and her husband have a home gym. She's a crafter. She's a painter. Um she just seems to Oh, they have bowling uh, a bowling alley in their yeah, house. Yeah, and they get they see they have like bowling night, like a league going on. They yeah. seem like they are having quite a time. Here's my question for you, Nick. Lisa and her husband seem to be the most stable. Also, her husband is a pro football player. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Lisa, I I would say Lisa's the second least watchable. You know, I would say like Deshaun's, I think, is kind of a dud. And I would say Lisa's coming in second. For some reason, though, Lisa is outshining Deshaun just because of her attitude. She's a spark plug. She's sparky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's got that. She's, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say this. No offense to the other lady. She's young and fun. She's doing yeah. the young and fun thing. Young, fun, fit, determined. And we've seen her leave her, quote unquote, estate yeah. and run her company. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. go to the gym. Yeah. In the second episode, we get to see her and her husband playing golf together. She's yeah. putting together some fun episodes of some fun outfits for that. Uh, it, she is has a she pops off the screen she really does next up is sheree she is um a woman going through a divorce wow and is she ever and she's been going through this divorce for three years Mm -hmm. and she wants to make sure that her lifestyle is maintained she wants a lump sum she wants that lump sum boy oh boy sheree I this is okay so this is a character on this show I've seen Kim okay mm-hmm. heard about Kim seen Kim heard about Nini seen Nini okay Nini was on the celebrity apprentice you know oh. what I mean she's busted out of there heard about Sheree never saw Sheree okay but I've heard about her her legend and so when I knew that when I found out she's on the first season of this show I go good I'll get to get a little bite of what Sheree is boy oh boy did I bite off a hunk 
Sheree is a real pill, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She's a pistol. Yeah. You like her. I like her base. Yes. Because honestly, she seems infuriating. Mm -hmm. And I hate everything, all Mm -hmm. of her ways. Mm -hmm. And the way that she talks about her parties and how she talks about being in fashion. But you know what? When you're watching something like this, namely a reality TV show, and you have somebody that stirs something like that out of you, Mm -hmm. up in you, Mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for, ladies and gentlemen. Could not agree more. And she is, and there's a reason, in my opinion, that she was introduced last. Because as much as, was she not introduced last year? I think you're right. Okay. Um, She has a different factor which is the queen bee factor, mm-hmm. whether or not she is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jury's still out. Yeah. But she demands to be the top of the hierarchy uh-huh. in something like this. Yeah. And really thinks of other people as lesser than Sheree and what Sheree is bringing to the table in fashion. Okay. Style. Life, style, life, and her lifestyle, mm-hmm. her home, mm-hmm. the parties, the outfits. It's um, she's putting work into making sure she feels a little bit better than the likes of, let's just say, a Nini and maybe a Kim. Yeah, because those are the ones that we've actually got to see her really uh, communicate with on this show. So, Sheree, this whole first episode, besides introducing us to these housewives, is also um, the storyline is that it's Sheree's big birthday party. So there's a lot going into this event, and mainly all the housewives really just want to like go there and look good and have fun and be the life of the party. It's sort of like if you're anybody in Atlanta, you're going to Sheree's birthday party, okay? And Sheree is going, she's not, she is not stopping at anything. I mean, she's pulling it all out. For all this. the expenses. Yeah, she she's sitting in her living room at one in one moment. She's got a party planner. She's got a cake maker. She's just going through. You know, she has like a list supervisor. She's just talking and talking about how she's. Uh, n- there's no such thing as too much money for this sh- uh, birthday party. And then the camera does kind of a slow zoom in on the bottom of her shoe, and the bottom of her shoe is. Dirty and old, y'all. Uh, interesting. It's dirty and old. And I looked at Nick. I paused it. And I said, why did they just show us this beat up shoe? Wow. And Nick says it's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. All yeah. is not as it seems. All is not as it seems. If you have that much money, you're not wearing beat up shoes on camera. Now, in the second episode, we actually see her shoe salesman who comes by and says that she has over a thousand pair of shoes. Even with a thousand pairs, with 999 other pairs of shoes. She was wearing on camera one with a dirty old bottom. Yeah, worn out bottom shoes. Mm. What was she doing? I want to mm. know what that's about. And I'm, I'm email us, Sheree. I'm definitely going to keep watching this show, and yeah. I feel like she is. I'm going to make a prediction that she's going to have some sort of money problems. She's going to crumble. Maybe. Okay. So this is just like this huge party. Like I said, we see uh, Kim and Nini meet up. They're having dinner with Kim's mom. They're kind of talking about Sheree and Nini apparently got into a tiff about a month ago. uh, And they haven't talked since. But Nini did get invited to Sheree's birthday party. Um, We go back to Sheree, who's having panic over her birthday, keeps saying it's the talk of the town. She's out birthday shopping, buying the most gaudy shit. I mean, 2008 was not a good time for fashion, y'all. She's buying like this big, like glittery snakeskin bag. I just, I forgot. I forgot about this. You don't think snakeskin shouldn't have glitter on it? 
She spends about seven thousand hmm. dollars. She says, "I'm fashion. I'm style." Um, then we see what is happening. Oh, we see Deshaun meet up with Lindy, who is a candidate for an estate manager. This was an awkward ass scene. It bro. was so weird because wow. Deshaun's parents are coming to visit, and like the estate manager had asked if they needed anything, and they were like, "Yes, we need Bailey's Irish cream, vodka, and salmon." And Deshaun's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Let me ask my husband if that's okay." Um, and he says, yeah, he was like, yeah, that's fine. But he was also like, why is this happening? Like, yeah. why are we asking our guests what they want? This yeah. is ridiculous. And then, um, they, uh, uh the planner uh, uh, or the manager, whoever was being interviewed, asked him what his parents would want. And, uh, he said, never get my parents anything. Yeah. He's like, don't, ask they'll them. just come and stay and don't ask them. Yeah. Like he seemed pretty peeved about the whole situation. And honestly. I wonder if that's why Lindy wasn't in episode two. Yeah. Lindy didn't seem like she was dead. Down with the whole vibe. Probably didn't want to be on TV like that. Thought it was a little too much for her to handle. Um, you know, I, she seems like she has her shit going on. So I, I don't. I don't feel too bad about Lindy. So then we see just sort of a lot of uh, the gals getting ready. I mean, Nini has a makeup artist who comes over and is like airbrushing her face. Uh, we learn that she wants to bury the hatchet. She wants to put this behind her. Kim has a fashion designer who comes over. I mean, again, the worst fashion I have ever seen. This is the worst. The, the dress that Kim wears, okay, is so upsetting. The top of it is like sequins. The bottom of it is like asymmetrical plaid. I hated this dress so much. And Kim puts it on and she's like, oh my God, I look incredible. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is the best dress. This is the height of fashion. Sequins and plaid? And you and you looked it up at the time of filming. She was 30 years old, it said Kim was doing yeah. this. I don't buy it. You don't buy I it. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. Kim and Nini are meeting up at a Shell gas station. Well, they, they ride together to meet up at a Shell gas station with Kim's uh, fashion designer who has tailored the dress for her. Had to meet her halfway. <laughs> met up in the Shell. And they she gets dressed in the Shell gas station. And it's a whole to-do, ladies and gentlemen. Uh -huh. It's a whole to-do. It was so fun. They get to the party and um, we... They try and get in, Nini and Kim, and they get stopped. We find out that Kim's name is on the list because this security at the door is tight. Uh-huh. Kim's name is on the list. Nini's, Nini's name is not on that list. Not on the list. Now, previous in the episode, um, Sheree sort of mentioned about how she's been having issues with Nini. Kind of a lot of mention about how Nini has no style, mm -hmm. things of that nature. A she lot really wants to shit anger. on Nini. Um, and Nini uh, finding out that uh, Sheree had had spoken about her, and they've been in some tiffs previous. So she Nini was a little anxious about going to this party in the first place. When she gets there, all of her um, um, terrible thoughts are, are sort of uh, validated. Yeah, everything's confirmed. She's not on that list. And it's purposeful y'all at least that's what nini, nini says. thinks and sheree says no it's not purposeful but doesn't actually go out to the front door to actually no. let nini in allows nini to sort of be accosted by these security guards who are like pulling her to the side and nini's like what, are, what is happening nini says she's got these security guards pulling me to the side uh her 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 gate don't even work yeah yeah she's like this is a, a front that yeah. sheree is putting up this is bullshit her gates do not even work and so nini and kim they leave they leave kim and that dress she just put on at the mm, gas station leaves i think it's i find it to be interesting that clearly they're following this uh, television show is following nini uh, uh, you know what i mean and 
Sheree's security wasn't privy. Like, oh, if the Bravo camera crew shows up with two women, you probably just let those two women in because they're on the same TV show as Sheree. You know what I mean? Obviously. Obviously. It was weird. It was a little sus. It made me feel like it was purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. So the second episode we watched, um, this one is about, it's really all about Lisa, uh, not Lisa, excuse me. It was all about Kim's daughter's birthday party. Right. But there was some sort of like, are, you know, are Sheree and Nini going to be upset with each other? And they had worked it out. Um, yeah, this is- there was a phone call. Sheree made a phone call and basically said that it was a misunderstanding. Although Nini said that she never said, I'm sorry. She did say, I apologize. Right. But never said, I'm sorry. And you know what? I knew exactly what you meant. It is a clear distinction. Yes. I- okay. I apologize. Yeah. Versus I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, if you say I'm sorry, you're apologizing. But if you right. say I apologize, you're, you're, you're just refusing commenting. to say I'm sorry. Yeah. You're yeah. commenting on the idea yes, that you've apologized. You're right. I agree. I agree. Uh, there is a distinction there. This was a fun party it was just like a bunch of 11 year old girls they did a fashion fashion show, show. they're eating cake. terrible cake had all a sleepover in a hotel yeah these kids were cute i like kim, that they kim had, a, had 10 10 year olds with her plus her 11 <laughs> year old daughter and boy oh boy did she dress with her breasts out yeah just a 10 year old girls running around and then two of kim's ginormous breasts hanging out hanging flopping out, out flopping out her daughter who was turning 11 also looked 32 i know she's 32 in the face yeah uh yeah sorry to say that but that's true and then she's I, probably 32 now so it's okay to say that no definitely not okay. 32 now sure. she's probably 21 all right well still okay um Deshaun, this episode was all about you know the house getting house staff. same deal same deal yeah sending our kids to school um just the drama around that yeah um this episode not as good as the first episode i agree yeah and then lisa we really only saw her just golf with her husband and she got sick oh and she made she got sick and then she showed a producer around a house she's selling oh yeah she her and her husband have um they're entrepreneurs they have a real estate company yeah and they are working with uh, p- people who are building these big estates, uh, basically saying, that, hey, we're the gateway to a bunch of rich athletes. Yeah. So come with our real estate company. And honestly, they put on a nice presentation, loving the dynamic between the two, husband and wife. The newly uh, parented, by the way, because they yes. have a, we didn't mention in the first episode, we were introduced to their one-year-old child. Yeah. Um, this and, is the uh, couple, really. This, this is a really nice couple to mm-hmm. watch. I do feel for the uh, husband who was, seems to be released from the team that he was on. He They seem to have moved to Atlanta because he was on the Hawks and then got injured and now is maybe on injury reserve mm-hmm. or he is um, just not signed to a team right now and he's trying to get himself back into shape. So I wish him all the luck. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's basically it. Those are the two episodes. Um, really enjoyed it. Personally, I'm going to be pushing for watching this as our, one of our shows. I think like it, Friday Night Lights in which we just pop on, you know, watch a few yeah. before we go to bed. I and, feel strongly in that and, as well. And as we feel differently and, and our opinions change on each of the characters, we'll chime in here and let you know how it's going. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you guys have any recommendations or how you feel about that first season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, email us at uh, realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. You mm-hmm. can find us on Twitter at realityblowspod. You can find Ashley on Twitter at rea- Ashley <laughs> at reality Ashley. No, at Ashley B. Roberts. You can find me on Instagram by searching my name, Nick Maritato, M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. And uh, as always, um, let's make sure that we keep the uh, bottoms of our very expensive shoes clean. And that you rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Goodbye. Bye.